0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I'm really excited for this interview. I am speaking with Nicole Middendorf. She's a wealth advisor and she's the CEO of Prosper Well Financial. Um, and in addition to that, she's got a whole host of other things that she, she does. She's a published author, a speaker, a frequent guest on all kinds of media uh, publishes all kinds of information through her website, and, uh, and has a podcast of her own. And, and her goal is to help others, whether it be with their money or finding what truly makes them happy. Um, and she's built really a, a very interesting and, and uh, very fast growing business. So I'm excited to have her here. Welcome, Nicole, to the Unstoppable CEO. Thank
1: you, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to kind of dive in. So give us a little bit of background. I know you're you're based up in uh, in Minnesota. In Minneapolis, but give us a little bit of background on you and your business, so that the listeners can kind of understand where you're coming from.
1: Well, I never planned on being a financial advisor. I wanted to go to law school and be like Madeline Albright or uh, be like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I wanted to work for the UN and make change. I uh, had some money. I started working when I was 10, and when I turned 16, I had some money, and I would hear my parents. On the phone talking about Microsoft stock and Intel stock and I went to my mom and I said mom you know I want I want to invest and she's like oh honey you have to have $100,000 to invest and so I didn't I took the 10 grand that I'd accumulated by the time I was 16 and I used it to study abroad and there was um, there's no price tag that you can put on studying abroad that was just an amazing experience but All the different lessons and the things that happened to me I call them money memories Uh, but things that happened to me when I was a kid really set the tone for how I work today and how I run my business today and how I run my financial planning practice and how we treat other people but so I went to school for international business and marketing I got married right out of college and I married someone that was a financial advisor and I uh, would help him I sold Mary Kay cosmetics part-time and when I wasn't uh, doing a Mary Kay class or at my full-time job as a food broker, I would go with him on his appointments. And eventually I started selling Mary Kay to all the men at the Morgan Stanley office here in Minnesota. And the branch managers over the years would pull me aside and they're like, well, if you can sell makeup to men, you should be a financial advisor. I'm like, haha, no, 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 that's, that's not me. But I ended up leaving being a food broker and worked for an insurance company as a recruiter And after a while, they had me take the tests that I was having people take. And my scores, they said, were off the charts. And they're like, you should be doing this. This is the career that was meant for you. And I really just listened to everyone around me. It was um, one of those aha moments where I'm like, gosh, you know, people are seeing something in me that I'm maybe not necessarily seeing myself. And so that's how I got started in the financial services industry. Never planned on doing this. And then I, uh, I believe... So many times I get asked, like, well, how'd you become so successful? Um, for me, one, it's doing what you love and being very authentic, and, but it's also finding your niche. And I'm not an advocate of divorce, but in 1999, I became a certified divorce financial analyst, and I was the first person in Minnesota to do that. Um, the program had gotten started out of Colorado. And so with that, it made me different. One, I was different because I was a female in a very male-dominated industry, But two, I was a certified divorce financial analyst and I helped started helping people through the divorce process financially and dealing with the ramifications of that. And which that um, led me to do radio and TV. So I did a radio show for five years and then now um, fast forward, I'm generally on TV once a week and that could be um, anywhere across the country. Last week I was on in Vegas, the week before I was on in Washington, DC, this week I'm here in, in Minnesota, and that led me to writing books, and so my fifth book is coming out in September, and so I just find it fascinating how financial services and being a financial advisor, it's never a career that I ever thought I would be in. But I love being a business owner. I love having uh, flexibility, especially because I'm a single mom with two little kids, flexibility of my schedule, as well as really defining the culture of my company and the firm and how we do things and how we help people because we just really do things dramatically different than just you know any other financial advisor out there. And so I really feel blessed that I really – listen to people around me telling looking at the skills that i had of one being super analytical and super um intelligent but also two on the other extreme being super creative and loving the marketing side of things and that's where blending both of those together has really um just been compl- it's just been awesome and it's just i'm very blessed uh to to be where i'm at and to be a business owner i love it
0: so, it, you, you mentioned you know do do what you love, and and there is this whole line of thinking out there that if if you if you do what you love, the rest will sort of take care of itself. Um, but it sounds like you sort of stumbled across the thing that you're doing now. Um, is it is it the the fact that you're a financial advisor that you're in that 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 field that Really drives you or just the challenge of building a business and serving people and, and helping solve problems?
1: It's the challenge of leaving a legacy. And really, you know, I before I went to college, I was the editor of my school paper. And I always loved writing. And I always had wanted to write a book. I my mom was a business owner. She owned a a hair salon. And um, and so I just always watched my mom from a standpoint of like, gosh, like I want to have kids and, but yet how am I going to do that? How can I work in the corporate world and have, and I hate the word balance, but how can I have <laughs> balance in my life? And then um, I, I did a few different video projects and things in college where I was like an anchor of a TV thing, TV show gig. And I was like, gosh, like I loved the communication side of things and the journalism side of things as well as um, I loved organizing and planning. And I've always just been an extreme planner and planning out everything in in advance and being very creative. But yet I also, when I went to school for international business and marketing, like I love the marketing side of things. And so that's where doing what I do now, it all fell into place, but I didn't plan that it would happen this way. And it's over the years, like it's really only in the last, like about three years where, everything has just kind of clicked. There's the the book from Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point. And for me, I have my own foundation and um, my personal life changed and I I got divorced and uh, we were separated in 2010. And I was like, gosh, how did I I get where I'm at? Like how, how did from the outside everyone think I was so happy and had this perfect life, but on the inside I was just completely miserable and unhappy. And so I sat down in 2010 and I rewrote my bucket list. And on that list uh, was a handful of things, but one of them was to drive a race car. And so I met with my best friend from college. I was like, hey, you know, will you come up to northern Minnesota with me and drive a race car? You know, I rewrote my bucket list and I I committed to myself that I'm going to do one thing every month. And so he's like, Nick, in anything you do, you don't just put a hundred percent into it. You put 180. He's like, you can't just, and this is nothing against Northern Minnesota, but he's like, you can't go up to Northern Minnesota. He's like, you need to go to a real speedway. And I'm like, well, where's that? You know, I'm like, I I didn't even know how to drive a stick (laughs) shift of a car. He's like, well, you know, like go to Vegas or go to Florida. So I hopped on a plane and flew to Vegas to drive a race car. And on that plane ride, uh, the gen- there was a gentleman sitting next to me. And you know how you're on a plane, and this, they just have to talk to you the whole time. This gentleman was talking to me the whole, trying to talk to me the whole trip, and uh, he couldn't understand like why I wasn't going to Vegas to gamble, like why I was just going there to drive a race car. And I was like, "Well, I redid my bucket list." And he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You're you're so young. Is it is it cancer?" I'm like, no. So when I landed, I texted Catherine, my chief marketing officer, and I said, I've committed to do one thing every month to myself on this bucket list. And I'm like, I can't live the rest of my life telling people I'm doing something on my bucket list because they think I'm dying. I'm like, we need to come up with something. So we came up with the live it list and I trademarked it. And I just kept doing one thing every month. And as I was doing this, you know, clients would hear about it or I would go and do things with my attorney or my CPA or, and, and it just kind of started to spread. And then I learned the statistic that one in three Americans is happy. And I'm like, okay, I could change that. And I could help change that. Because people tie in so much to, you know, oh, I'll be happy when I have a million dollars or I'll be happy when I have five million or 10 million. It doesn't matter the dollar amount. It's just people tie so much their happiness to money. And I really don't believe that at all. I mean, I have so many clients that, you know, would give every penny that they have away if they could save their wife from dying of cancer or cure their medical issues. And, you know, I really learned how important your health is as well as how important your happiness is. And so now, fast forward, I have my own foundation. We grant live list experiences. We raise money to help other people that, you know, it's a, a child that ended up with cancer and they're then in remission. And then we take them and do something. Or like last year, uh, the, we do usually t- you know tons of various things. But the one that stuck out the most was this woman. She's a grandma. And she all, last, all in last year, all this stuff happened to her. She became diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Her husband became disabled. Her son was killed in a car accident. And her grandson was in a four-wheeler accident and broke both of his legs all in one year. Oh my goodness. All she wanted to do was go and take her grandkids to a water park uh, before you know she passed away. And so um, I had never been to Wisconsin Dells, this water park in Wisconsin. My kids had never been there. My parents had never been there. So I took my kids and my parents, and the same weekend, we sent her and her family. And so one it was a give back for me we never met them i did offer and i'm like here's my cell phone if you want us to take up you have to dinner one night we will but we never met her but for my kids who now they're nine and ten um for them to be at a place and know that there is someone else there that their grandma you know may not be around in a short period of time it brings about really what money is about is that sense of appreciation and helping people and having experiences because that's what really matters not necessarily having a certain dollar amount because what is that money for and is it helping you really live life to the fullest and achieve your goals and so that's where like I have the whole live it list and that's where we're not your typical financial planning firm you know we're really helping people be happy in life and really live life to the fullest and you know tying in the marketing and the analytical and my own personal um bad experiences because i believe from some of the worst things in life that happen to you come some of the best and so you know the limitless i didn't plan for it to take on this huge life that it has i just wanted to find my own confidence back and um, be happy and that's what's so cool about it is that i'm able to tie everything into my financial planning practice and really help inspire people across the country and really help people be happy.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing how the little little interactions sometimes that you have kind of put you on a different path um, and, and get you kind of refocused and in a new direction. Um, it's fantastic work that you're doing. So I wanna take a quick break and when we come back, I wanna kind of dive into uh, how you approach working with business owners around their money and, and, and really thinking about the people who are listening, you know, what are some of the key things that they should be looking at? Um, I know everybody's different, but, but I, think, uh, I think that would be hugely beneficial for folks to, to begin to, to wrap their heads around, well, how do I deal with money? How do I think about money and then go forward? So we'll be right back with more from Nicole Mendor. you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Steve Gordon, and uh, I'm again talking with Nicole Middendorf from ProsperWell Financial. Um, Nicole, you've got a fascinating story, um, and I'm I'm sure you hear that. And that's probably one of the reasons you're on TV every week is you've got a, a heck of a story to share and. Um, And to do what you've done, I mean, if if you look at what you're doing with the foundation and the idea of the limit list and all of that, you've gotten to a place in how you deal with money inside your own business that a lot of business owners never get to. Right. You know, there are a lot of business owners that would be sitting here listening to this saying, Oh, that's great for her. She's super successful and I'm not there yet. That, you know, that'll be something that maybe I never get to, or that, you know, is 10 years down the line. And um, you know, I, I think that's probably false thinking, but how do you help business owners improve their thinking around money? What's your perspective on that?
1: A lot of it is going back to what, and I mentioned this earlier is what is your money memory, and like what are your values, and how do you think about money? And so much of it, I don't know if you've ever um, read the book Traction, but I'm a huge advocate of that, and I I've learned the most from making many mistakes and I always say, you know, I'm trying to make mistakes faster so I can learn more from them. Um, but traction for business owners and for myself has just been a huge tool um, because what it's done for me in my own business and as I've helped advise other business owners is it takes it away from the owner and really empowers the leadership and the ability and the knowledge of the business and the goal focus of the business off to the employees, because the whole goal is as a business owner is that your business can run without you. And um, that's really my goal is to help other people have that amazing experience and have that great business. And a lot of times I feel like I'm working with business owners that are, have developed, let's say they develop this amazing product or they have this Phenomenal service and they're you know, they have this amazing hairstyle salon or whatever it is But they're horrible with numbers (laughs) Because a lot of times, you know the business owner is great at coming up with the idea or coming up with the business But how do I really manage it? And that's where I'm such a huge advocate of it's so important that you have a great CPA a great bookkeeper a great attorney and you have all of these people. And in my opinion, the wealth advisor should be the person that's coordinating all of those people to help get you on track and stay on track.
0: And so one,
1: it's our job or a wealth advisor's job, in my opinion, to help come up with a financial plan. And that's driven by what's important to you with money. What are your values? What are your goals? Where do you want to be? And really then coordinating your CPA and all of the other people that advise you to help implement that plan. And many times, you know, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, if you're in a relationship that you bring your spouse to the meetings and that your spouse is involved. Um, And a lot of times that's where this amazing dynamic can happen because you're answering some of these tough questions that can be uncomfortable. I mean, there's so many days where I feel like I'm a marriage therapist and that's (laughs) my that's my next book is about it's it's coming out on September 20th and it's titled who pays uh, navigating love and money and it's for individuals that are single that are out dating um as well as it's uh people that are married and it's got questions in there because so many times uh there's two two themes that I feel like I give a lot of advice on as homework for clients that come in one is go have a money date And that is sitting down with your significant other, and maybe they work in the business, maybe not, but they're having the conversations. And it could be anything as simple as, you know, what credit card debt you have, or what's the interest rate on your mortgage, or what life insurance you have, or how your investments have done. The the, the talks that you can have around money really are endless. And then the second feeling, the second thing I feel like I hand out a lot of advice is go home, take your credit cards put them in a glass of water and put them in a freezer. <laughs> and so it's the money date and, and doing the freezer example. It's a lot of the times it's cheat helping people change their behavior. And um, that's where, like, I didn't go to school for psychology, but I feel like I've re- read enough psychology books. And so much of it is, you know, so much of where you want to be and where you want your success is driven by mentally taking off a lot of these mental blocks and figuring out where am I, where's my business and where do I want to go? It to go, and what can I do to make it happen and make it get there?
0: Yeah, I I can see behavioral psychology being probably the the key thing you need to know um, and need to employ to get people to change. Um, You know, I think it's such an important point to involve your spouse in the financial planning of the business, particularly, you know, in an entrepreneurial business where. Your your personal finances are are so completely wrapped into the business um, that you almost need to do that. And I don't see a lot of entrepreneurs actually doing that um, I, because I think it, it can be difficult. Sometimes you feel like you know the maybe the spouse won't won't fully understand. Oftentimes there are a lot of pressures, outside pressures that that accompany all of that. And um, and, and when things aren't going well. There is certainly you know, embarrassment and fear and, and all of that, that that get built into it that make it very difficult to have that kind of open exchange. But um, I, you know, I, I know myself, having you know, been through really great highs in business and been through a few times that, that weren't so, so high, um, the tendency to retreat is always there. But I always feel like you're so much better off being open about it, and actually going out and leaning on the people around you in those times to get through.
1: Right. And that's, like, I particularly also feel like it's hard for women um, to ask for help. I was actually at an event um, last night. It was a, a Girl Scout event um, that was uh, awarding the majority of um, mo- majority of female business owners out there were actually Girl Scouts. And I'm a former Girl Scout <laughs> But I was at this event last night and that was really the theme of it is these women who are CEOs or executives, high powered. There were uh, four of them that were honored um, and given leadership awards last night. And all of them said, you know, one of the things that they need to get over and learn is how to ask for help. And I've um, I've had to do that and it took me a while and the it was The moment for me that clicked was I am really the only single mom in our neighborhood and I have a pool. And all of a sudden, one day I had 12 kids in my pool and they were all the neighbor kids. And where were the moms? They were in the tennis court next door doing cardio tennis. And I had this aha moment of like, okay, I'm a single mom that what lacks for me is working out. (laughs) Like I'm the one that should be on the tennis court working out while these other moms, you know, who are stay at home moms (laughs) should be with the kids. And so it's, it's really important to say what you want and own your own voice and be very authentic and not hesitate to ask for help. And um, that was one of my, I'm, I am naturally a perfectionist. And so nowadays I call myself a recovering perfectionist, which it bodes well in the industry that I am in because I have to be, you know, I, I can't go in and buy a stock when I should be selling a stock or I can't, you know, I we need to dot our and cross our T's and be perfect when we're doing projections and numbers and all of that. Um, and so it bodes well to my career. But the same standpoint, um, being a perfectionist is I had to get over myself of, okay, I have employees and just let them go. Like they're going to do things sometimes a little bit differently than how I would have done them. But I really, uh, and now I'm on the opposite end that I delegate everything I possibly can But in the beginning, um, it was very difficult for me because I was such a perfectionist. You know, I just kept thinking, oh, you know, it'll take me 10 minutes versus if I show someone how to do it, it's going to take me 30. But really, I was hurting myself because I would take the 10 minutes, but then I would keep doing that activity over and over again versus taking 30 minutes, showing someone else how to do it, and then being done and being able to free up my time. So that's the joys of, of learning from our mistakes and the experiences that we have.
0: Yeah, I think we all have to go through that um, that transition. Particularly if you start a business, you know, literally from scratch, and you're you're bootstrapping and and kind of building as you go. As an owner, as a founder, you you end up being, you know, the the one that wears a lot of hats in the early days, and it can be very tough to give it up because you know, hey, this is what we do to deliver for clients and. And you also know that, that that's where the money comes from. So, yeah, it can be hard to let go, but, you know, one of the things I, you know, I always advise our clients is they're really just four roles that, that you fulfill in the business and, and sometimes fewer, you know, and it's really around developing the vision, setting the message, developing the relationships, the key high-level relationships that you need and, and creating the intellectual property, the ideas, and to the greatest extent possible, if you can draw a very tight circle around those four things and keep everything else out, all of a sudden now the, the business can, can grow because you've, you've had to build a team around you that can handle the other things. Um, I, I always think the big mistake, that, I see this with so many businesses, they, they go and they wanna grow and, and uh, you know scale and do all of these things. And so they spend all this money on, on the outside, trying to expand their message and all that's important. Um, you know, that's the business we're in. I know it's important, but oftentimes the single biggest and most effective lever point is just getting an assistant for the owner right. and freeing up, you know, five or 10 hours in a week.
1: Right. And that's a hard leap. I mean, I just had the conversation recently with a, a client who's a business owner and, she wants, she has employees, but she doesn't really have like an executive assistant. And, um, she's like, I think I need to, she's like, but, but she's like, I'm scared. <laughs> she's like, I'm taking this money. Um, you know, and she's like, gosh, but you know, and I was trying to help her think about it. i saying, okay, that's great. You know, you're paying someone, but what is it doing to free up your time? don't look at necessarily paying your employees as a cost, you've got to look at what are you then bringing in as revenue from that. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, Nicole, I know we've only got a few minutes left and and uh, I, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of share where folks can learn more and, and if you've got any final thoughts for uh, folks who are listening about how they can begin changing the way that they think about money, how, how they can begin optimizing how they leverage the money that is flowing through the business?
1: Um, I Well, they can find me at prosperwell.com or Nicole Middendorf.com. We have blogs, we have newsletters, we have um, videos, there's TV, there's you know tons and um, podcasts, there's tons and tons of information out there. And so that's Where you can learn. Um, We have everything from estate planning to credit cards, to business ownership, to Roth IRAs, to all of that. Um, And so that's a great place to start. And then always, I'm just a huge, huge advocate. I find, A lot of times people are hesitant to see a financial advisor or see a wealth advisor. And, um, a lot of times people think, Oh, well, I don't have enough money to see someone. And I'm this huge advocate. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to get money if you don't get some advice and have a plan? And so don't hesitate to interview, interview a bunch of financial advisors and find someone that's a good fit for you. And then, um, advice, I would say, uh, having a mentor is huge. Um I had a man, and he actually uh, has passed away a couple of years ago, but very rarely is there a day that goes by that I don't uh, talk about him or think about him. And one of the things that he would say all the time is, "Give yourself grace. And uh, there's so many moments where I'm I as a planner, I'm so focused of, okay, I need to do more and more and more, and you know, now that my fifth book is done, it's like I'm already working on the sixth book. And so many times, it's okay stopping and really just enjoying where you're at and enjoying the ride because life goes by so quickly. And really, you know, even out of some of those tough times that you have in the business, you know, the nights that are sleepless or that you're worried about something or something's not working or you're moving your office or you're taking that next big leap of faith. It's really just uh, living within that moment and enjoying the process and giving yourself grace.
0: Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Thank you for investing some time with us today. This has been a lot of fun and uh, you certainly have a very inspiring story. Um, and I uh, encourage everybody to go out, go and, uh, and check out prosperwell.com and, uh, and learn more about what you're up to. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it Podcast Prospecting, and it's a fantastic fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you and it's end to end a done for you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage, a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20 minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net right on the homepage. Look for a link to the video. Video that explains how it all works.